0: The Jet Copic Podcast Network Two Angry Men A podcast featuring a legendary baseball player And a legendary sports broadcaster Two Angry Men And
1: now here's your hosts Chet Copic and Denny McLean.
0: Steve Phillips, uh, ESPN baseball analyst Right off the top uh, The Angry Men would like to tell you The bay that you've been involved with he Is not penthouse material And not worth busting up a marriage. Meanwhile, the human cry has begun because we have major league baseball playoffs going on, most notably Tuesday night, blown calls made by uh Dale Scott, for example, a couple of blown calls by Tim McClellan. Once again the Hue and Cry is here for instant replay, two angry guys, Copic in Chicago, Big Mac, Denny McLean, and Motown brought to you by Cold Golden Budweiser, the king of beers, the absolute king of beers. All right. Here we go. We got Steve Phillips, 46 years old, 98. He has a sexual harassment problem when he's GM with the Mets. That was settled out of court. ESPN uh, says that uh, uh, Phillips was uh, uh, appropriately disciplined for this latest uh, tete-a-tete with this uh, little baby he's been dealing with. Uh, Steve himself says, and I quote Denny, uh, I want to uh, take time off to address this with my family and to avoid any unnecessary distractions through the balance of the baseball playoffs. Literal transaction, ESPN told me to get the fuck out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's pretty short and succinct. Uh, let me say this to you. I'm uh, looking at a picture of her today. and uh, I don't know. The, I guess it's Freudian in nature, but uh, her name is Brooke Hunley. She's 22 years old. A very smart young lady, by the way, until she did what she did. Uh, she was on a dean's list in college. Uh, she's got uh, all kinds of credits in her life in, in college. Uh, she is uh, seems to be very, very bright. And uh, she earned a dual degree in business administration and TV and radio. So... Maybe she, maybe she was trying to practice her business administration. I don't know. Maybe she was trying to, uh, hold uh, Steve hostage because it certainly sounds like she really got mad. I mean, she, I mean, go over and see the guy's wife, but here's the thing that really sets me off about her and women react differently than, than men. Obviously a guy would just uh put it back in his pants and go find another one. Phillips uh while you know doing whatever he did and this is totally wrong. I mean this girl worked for him but more importantly um, she contacted one of his kids. Now that's unfair, Chet. I mean that's wrong. That's that's taken it way over the edge. So the hell with her. I mean and and with the miss whistle in her mouth she looks like a train that's about to derail. So um, you let your mind play with that one for a while.
0: Hey, my man, I can imagine. Uh, you know what this babe did? Again, we're talking about little uh, Brookie. She went to uh, Phillips' wife, uh, Marnie, who, by the way, filed for uh, uh, divorce last uh, September 14th, and uh, said to her, we both can't have him, according to a police report that comes out of uh, Wilton, Connecticut. Let me tell you why this is big right now, Denny. Somehow the police report got leaked to the New York Post. You know as well as I do, you would almost rather have um, every television station in America make this the lead story on your 10 p.m. newscast or 11 p.m. newscast than wind up in the New York Post because the New York Post is, for all practical purposes, the death penalty.
1: Yeah. Not only that, uh, the New York Post will give it legs, and those oh. lays will run for weeks and now they're going to go back and they'll print every little innuendo, every little rumor, every guy she's ever been out with, every girl she may have been out with, every girl and guy. And you know, listen, his track record is terrible. Um, you know, do it, you know, you do it to your wife once she forgives you and he moves on from 98, the sexual harassment suit that he settled for cash. But the, the problem is now he's doing it again. And this time, whether whether age is important or not, she's a 22-year-old production assistant. She's overwhelmed with being in that arena. She is overwhelmed with just the thought of being around major leaguers. And I'm sure Steve introduced her to some pretty serious people, some stars. So she's trying to take advantage of all of that. But, boy, I'm going to tell you, this is um... – and she looks tough. I want to tell you something. She really looks tough and – She's got her pound of, of meat right now, and let's just see where this thing goes. But New York Papers, listen, that's two or three more weeks of uh, of love and, and love spoils and everything else, but she's going to be made a star in New York. Now, who gets the first interview with her, Oprah?
0: Who gets it? I was thinking the same thing. I had the over-under on her appearance with Oprah at 16 days. Which way do you want to play it?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I'll take. Um, I'll. I won't take Oprah. Um, although, on the other hand, if Oprah puts on Sarah Palin, she'll put on anybody. Um, so, what I assume will be that she will do either TMZ or she will do one of the other. You know, the, one of those shows that run at seven o'clock, the real scandal shows. She'll do one of those for probably three, four, five hundred thousand dollars and really smoke this guy. But this guy will never be back in baseball or in sports. Not in this arena, anyway.
0: Now, uh, Denny, it's kind of intriguing because uh, there is something about the atmosphere in Bristol, Connecticut with ESPN that apparently lifts uh, the level of uh, testosterone. Let's keep in mind, Harold Reynolds got oh, yeah. busted by ESPN in 2006 for uh, uh, alleged uh, misconduct with an intern. Uh, just last year, a couple of hosts, Jay Crawford, Woody Page, uh, were accused by uh, a young lady of uh, groping and propositioning her on the set of the uh, now-defunct show Cold Pizza. Uh, That was dismissed in a lawsuit. But uh, once again, uh, uh, Counselor McClane I suggest to you there is something in the water in Bristol, Connecticut, that seems to uh, maybe have a leg up on Viagra, for example.
1: Well, let me me add this. If you work in an environment, especially that environment, you know, that's all show business. I mean, it's a dog and pony show going on day in, day night. And uh, the bottom line is you're working closely with the same people every day. You're working with, for the most part, attractive people. Um, and attractive people do migrate to each other from time to time, as we know, the guys you just named. And, you know, the other one that gets your attention, of course, is the, uh, I can't remember her name, but the the woman who was just uh, embarrassed to all hell when the, when the uh, CBS producer took her picture in her room.
0: Oh, yeah, Aaron Andrews.
1: Yeah, so it, there, too, is another case uh, of some of this garbage. But I don't approve of it. I don't think it's real funny, to be honest with you. But, um, you know... It, You've got a love affair here. If in fact, for Steve, it probably was not a love affair. You know what it was. It was a, uh, matter of having one's muscles massaged.
0: Hi, my, and, uh, and, my... and
1: I think that's, uh, I think Steve is done. I don't think they'll let him come back. She was 22. 22 is what she was. And that's the mistake he made.
0: Maybe this is kind of like, uh, Wade Boggs with his, uh, girlfriend, uh, Margo. You
1: that's know, Margo not... would
0: have, uh, chicken and, uh, Way would have Margot and chicken every day before a ball game. Here is my here is really my gut feeling about Steve Phillips. The guy is such a facile, smooth broadcaster. Year out of the game, go to therapy, make all the proper public confessions, make the rounds of the talk shows, talk to Tim Kerchian, have an article written about you in SI, and a year from now, some ball club like the Kansas City Royals or Seattle will hire this guy as a color announcer. He he looks dead as we speak right now. In 12 right. months. Um, he will be exhumed and he 'll be part of the action again uh,
1: you know why uh, and i 'll tell you that makes a lot more sense than anything I was about to say for one reason um, if uh, what 's his name god i can 't remember his name here tonight uh, the sportscaster who used to dress in women 's underwear
0: oh I know oh. exactly who you 're thinking of right and um, matter of fact there's uh, more than one
1: Mitch, Mitch um, not not Mitch um, you know who I but you know who i 'm talking about and i think everybody will too we're going to remember his name here too he does a lot of basketball for uh, oh NBA. marv albert marv albert denny now, denny i was stuff? in
0: i was yeah. in new york when the uh, when the marv albert uh, uh explosion began and right. albert of course had to go down to uh, dc and talk about having his uh, wig yanked off by his uh, by his dominatrix and i mean can you imagine the embarrassment this guy went through oh, i swear God. the new york post had if it had one it had 10 reporters covering the Marv Albert trial, Albert's father, his poor old father was down there. And, I mean, the idea of, you know, Marv Albert running around, having his hairpiece yanked off, totally naked by his dominatrix, man, I don't know whether to laugh or cry or do both uh, at the same time.
1: Well, you know, the thing about the Marv Alpert thing, that was really, um, first of all, it bordered in his own private sex life until he went over the edge. That's number one. And I, and I imagine there's more than a few things going on in a number of lives when it comes to kinkiness. But, my point to Marv Alpert, and bringing it up even, is this. He made an unbelievable comeback. The guy is now recognized as the basketball play-by-play guy. He is a superstar when it comes to the NBA with basketball. So he made a a 180-degree, big-time comeback, and he's done very well since then. Now, does he still dress in the underwear? If he does, he's got all the doors locked now. But you know what? You and I both know one thing, that you can't – In the grand scheme of things, you just can't do anything in front of a group of people anymore. Everybody's got a camera. And if you are going to step out on that bridge today, you better not fall because lots of people are going to catch you just before you hit that water. And and I hate to say this. At first, the reaction from most people is, oh, boy, am I glad they got him. I think people do back off with that attitude, but but the bottom line is I think too many people take too much glee when something like this happens, whether it's Marv Elpert or Steve Phillips or or whomever. But uh, it is it's it's a real tragedy. I mean, the tragedy with uh, Steve Phillips is his family. His family has got to be devastated by this. And I mean, the girl comes to the door. Excuse me. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that, my friend.
0: Well, you know, partner, uh, two things come to mind. One. I've been in this business uh, since about 1970. Uh, I'm not real proud of this, but during my marriage, from time to time, I strayed. But, Denny, that was during a time when if a girl complained about uh, any form of sexual harassment, she was the so-called villain. Now, yeah. today, if you, if you blink your eyes at a girl, you're yep. standing in front of human resources. That's point yep. number one. Point number yep. two, I think we should be proud to know that uh, our uh, our executive producer and tech man, uh, Dan uh, Levy always wants us to keep this on the highest level. He reminds me that uh, uh, Sean Salisbury, no longer uh, with ESPN during his time in Bristol, uh, once sent a picture of his dick to an ESPN intern. Oh, my God. <laughs> which which wins my Copic All-Crass yeah. Award for uh, 2009. Oh,
1: my God. I I mean, you begin to wonder um, what people, listen, I don't know if it's drugs. I don't know if it's booze. But for people to do those kinds of things, to take pictures of their ass or their private parts, I mean, it really goes over the line. Listen, let's move on to something else. You're not even prepared for this one. I am so ding-dang mad about something. Araldus Chapman, you know who Araldus Chapman is? No, I don't believe I do. Araldus Chapman is a Cuban defector who has been living in Europe and telling all the major league clubs who want to talk to him, who want to give him $60 million to come to Europe if they really want his services. Well, all of the clubs said, Araldus, who the hell do you think you are at 21 years old, if you really are 21? So Araldus has now made the trip into the United States, and Araldus is going to start meeting with clubs over the next week or 10 days. Chet, listen to me. The guy's a defector, number one. He do, is not subject to the draft. Everybody can go after this kid. And he's, he's 21, allegedly. You never know how old these Cuban guys are. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy might be 35 already. Um, you know, we've had, we've had him in every age group all over uh, major sports. They're going to give him, Chet, somewhere around $60 million, a 21-year-old kid. A defector
0: uh well, you know, perversion comes to mind uh, immediately, but then again, we're talking about uh, Major League Baseball. Do you realize Don Fear, who's leaving the MLB players union after um, you know fighting tooth and nail over a over a drug policy with uh Bud Selig for years, this guy is going to leave with an 11 million dollar golden parachute eleven million bucks you're going to tell me Don Fear's retirement package should be eleven million bucks. Whatever happened to a gold watch?
1: Well, you know, you and I get on the other side of this real easy. Uh, I believe he earns the 11 million. I believe, I really do. I, I, what he and, uh, uh, my dear, dear man, um, uh, the original founder of our pension, God, Marvin Miller, uh, I think what he and Don Fear have done for, for people like, not as much for us old timers, but what they've done for the game, keeping everything together during some of the darkest hours in the game, um, protecting the players, and whether we believe it or not, and listen, you and I, I think, both believe that they should disclose everybody who's ever tested dirty. They're not going to do that. One day we'll find out who it all is. But you know what? They've done an unbelievable job protecting the product, their product, their customers, and I salute them for, for all the protection. Listen, this is the United States. This isn't Russia. This isn't Cuba. This isn't some of these other countries where you can just go say anything about anybody and open up anybody's suitcase. This is a little bit different, thank God, because, listen, my closet's been opened a number of times at least, and uh, I don't need it opened anymore. I'm tired of my closet. Mine stinks.
0: You know what, my man? You know what sounds good right now to me? Uh A nice, cold, golden Budweiser. So does this girl girl with with the whistle. And so does the girl with the whistle. (laughs) Maybe she'll share The cold, golden Bubweiser and her favors with a couple of, uh, angry, uh, angry men, if you will. All right, let's,
1: let's how do you think, how do you think she'd treat a 22 game loser from Washington?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who's, who's who's big on apple pie and ice cream. (laughs) All right, let's, let's move on. Here we go. Um, this, this was only a matter of time. I don't have to tell you that, uh, umpiring, umpiring rather, during the uh, playoffs has been at best, kind of shaky. I, I've long been a believer, you know, the men in blue do a tremendous job 99.5% of the time. They're going to make the right call. Tuesday night, wow, ground zero, a mess. In the uh, Angels, uh, 10-1 loss to the Yankees. Uh, Dale Scott blew a call. Tim McClellan blew a couple at uh, third base, one involving uh, uh, a tag up, one involving, uh, you know, both uh, Posada and uh, Robinson Cano being off base. So, you know, rather than, you know, throw rocks at Tim McClellan, who I think is a hell of an umpire. My, my my question is this. You are now Commissioner Denny McClain. First of all, people are already pissed off that the NFL is almost in its uh, uh, seventh week or eighth week, and we aren't even done with league championship series as, uh, yet. Yeah, what would terrible. you do? What would you do right now? Looking ahead toward baseball 2010, would you give even the most minute consideration to a more – um, a more pronounced form of replay
1: well i'll tell Never you what i would it. do before i get to replay that, because if if the world series goes 7 games they're going to be playing in the first week of november that's wrong now i can fix that with one swoop they don't even have to pay me 11 or 12 or 18 million dollars like they pay this commissioner um, one swell swoop i can reduce the season by at least a week or 10 days gentlemen go back to doubleheaders absolutely people love doubleheaders People love to go for a Saturday or a Sunday or, a, or a, even a day nighter people will go for. But you know what? Give the fans something again. They've taken the game away from the fans, not only financially, but, but all of the other ways with the, with the expense of the food and everything. What's wrong, especially during this economy? Um, although some of the clubs did rather well despite the economy, but, but the bottom line is why not do more for the fans for a change? Let's, let's give them something. Now let's get back to your point. Um, Umpires are human beings, period. That's all they are. They make mistakes, and they don't make mistakes. And overall, they probably make the right call 99.99% of the time. So, for anybody to get on them and start screaming about replay, that's BS. The only time I'd like to see replay, by the way, I and Norm Cash, we had a, we, we put together a paper back in 67 or 68, and we tried to get everybody to sign it. We wanted to get rid of the umpires and play on the honor system. Out of the out. I mean, we really did because we were trying to split the money that they were making and split it amongst ourselves. But anyway, um, I just believe the umpires do the job that they, they, they do, and that's as good as it gets. But I will also say this to you. We've had scandals in the game, baseball, football, basketball. We've had referees bet on basketball games and, and umpires certainly bet on baseball games from time to time. Um, look at what just happened in the Arkansas Florida game and the LSU Georgia game with, with this one particular football crew who is now, there's all kinds of innuendo down there that one of the guys in the crew may be betting On the football games. Now they've suspended that whole football crew because in two games in a row or two or two out of three games, at least two or three times he called phantom penalties. Nobody could find any of these two or three penalties. They looked at the tape inside, outside, upside and downside and couldn't find it. So now the innuendo is, well, somebody's betting on the game because you don't do this with two minutes to go in a ball game. That's going to happen, Chet. It's human nature. Bad calls are going to happen, and you just got to live with it. Just like errors. What do you do every time a guy gets an error? Does he get a mulligan? No, I don't think so. You got to play the game. The game is played a certain way now. Just play the damn game and
0: move on. All right, were there ever times during the course of uh, Denny McLean's uh, checkered and uh, semi-checkered baseball career when you thought, "Yeah, here is an umpire who has it in for Denny McLean"? I've got about a twelve-inch strike zone today because. This guy, for whatever reason, thinks I'm a bum.
1: No, I don't think so. I, I, I'll tell you this. Um, each umpire has his own strike zone. That, that's for sure, up and down and in and out. But I will tell you this. If you ever, and here's the problem with umpires. If you pop off to them, if you ask a question, If you suggest to them that they blew it, they will get even The immediately, almost the next pitch. They will put you in trouble. Uh, I mean, I can tell you famous stories about umpires. And uh, I remember um, in Boston uh, against the Red Sox in 68, Kenny Harrelson, our our great Kenny Harrelson in Chicago, the the the, uh, announcer for the White Sox. Um, The 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 umpire's uh, name was uh, Ed Runge, who was a great Mm -hmm. home plate umpire for pitchers. Just unbelievable umpire, especially if you were a winner. If you were winning and having a great cheer, your plate got to be six eight inches wider all the time. He was just wonderful. Plus, you could pitch a game in about an hour and forty minutes, you know, with a plate that's almost twice as big. So, um this this one this one ball game in Boston, we're in the middle of the pennant race and everything. Baltimore or excuse me, Boston is still in the middle of the race. And uh uh Kenny came up in the first inning and Ed Ed and I was the pitcher and um uh he called him out on a, on a third strike. And it, was, it wasn't was a bad pitch. It may not have been a strike, but he called him out. And he turned around to Rungi and, and made some remark like, how the hell could I hit it? Why don't you try to hit that pitch? No. So Rungi said, you probably want to stop that. Uh, uh, Kenny, you'd probably want to stop that hawk. So he came up the next time and it, he was easier to get out that time. Now, the next time he came up, there were men on second and third in the seventh inning with two outs. I just struck out the first two guys. And Harrelson was the last guy to get our way. We we're winning two to nothing at the time. And Harrelson steps up and I see, um, I, I see, um, uh, the umpire start to take his leg and move freehand outside actually took his leg and pushed freehand towards the outside part of the plate. So I threw the first pitch about four or five inches off home plate. Strike one. Now I know what's going on. Mr. Rungi is going to get even, folks. So I see him touch freehand again and moves him outside any further. He's about eight or ten inches outside home plate now. Strike two. Now I'm thinking, how far do I have to throw it outside before it's a ball? Freehand was sitting. 18 inches off the plate. I threw the ball down the middle to his 18 inches off the plate. Strike three. Kenny threw the ball up in the air, and Rungi says, if that bat comes down, you're out of the game.
0: Well, you know what, my man? In closing, great story. I'm going to tell you this about baseball and replay. Home runs, fine. I will accept that. But here is why I don't want replay within the confines of Major League Baseball. Denny, look at pro football. It gets progressively worse every year. It takes a half an hour to walk off encroachment. Every time you have a booth review, every time you have uh, a review on the field, it, it slows the game down by five minutes. It's a license to put the crowd to sleep. This is still ultimately it's the entertainment business. For heaven's sakes, have you ever watched a Yankee playoff game? Since Torrey took over the ball club in '96, that's ever gone less than three hours and 35 minutes? Oh,
1: he was, he, but he was a joke. He's, he does the same thing with the Dodgers. What do you mean? These, I, I mean, they, they make these games forever. I mean, you don't need to make these football or baseball games last three and a half hours all the time. There's no need for that. I mean, the the managers have got – got to blame some of the managers here. you got to blame some of the coaches here, too. I mean, I've never seen so many delay of game penalties as I've seen already in six games this year. They're not getting the signs in. And, my God, they got microphones in the helmets now, and they still can't get the damn play in. Um, I don't think you blame anybody for it. It's just technology, and the technology is still way ahead of the brains – that are inside
0: the helmet, my man. What do you say we go have a cold, a golden uh, Budweiser?
1: Well, it's a good time to do that, big fella. It's a beautiful time of day, beautiful time of night, and uh, we got to go look at pictures of the girl with the whistle.
0: Yes, we do indeed, and find out what's going on in the life of poor uh, Missus Phillips. By the way, Steve, uh, Denny, and I have this salient piece of advice: uh, for all practical purposes, to avoid future incidents, so that your career may sustain, keep your freaking dick in your pants.
1: I'll see you big fella you
0: are the main man take care Denny